Finding high-quality mental health care can be daunting and exhausting. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, depression, insomnia, stress, grief, big life changes, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can now use FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. Okay, good morning. It is uh, Saturday morning. It's 9.05 a.m. and I'm going outside to get some fresh air and maybe just get a little bit closer to the actual premise of our show, um, which is obviously where we walk home from the cinema. I've strayed far from that. This is what happens when uh, when Kathy goes away for a weekend. Um, I'm just going to go to the shops, get some breakfast and then settle in for... Iron Man 2, um, which I've only ever seen once, saw it in the cinema, 2010, so that's six years ago now, uh, which means there was no Marvel movie in, or Marvel Cinematic Universe movie in 2009, they jumped straight from 2008 to 2010, but now we get them every year, sometimes we get two a year. Um, so Iron Man 2 is not well respected, I would say. Uh, people don't you know people don't remember it particularly fondly I don't believe so I'm gonna try and go in with this with an open mind I remember quite liking it when I first saw it but I had never revisited it so that's maybe a sign of not much quality to come um, and then I've just had my first guest bail out um, for Thor so you're going to be stuck with me for a little bit longer, but we've got someone coming along for Captain America. So stay tuned for that. All right, going into the shop now. And uh, I'm talking to myself in the shop, which is kind of embarrassing. So I'm going to stop now. Iron Man 2. Here we go. Did we pick up now where we left off? Mr. Stark, please. Yes, dear. Can I have your attention? Absolutely. Our priority here is to have you turn over the Iron Man weapon to the American people. Well, you can forget it. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property? You can't have it. But I did you a big favor. I have successfully privatized world peace. We're adjourned for the day. You've been a delight. Okay, I've just finished watching Iron Man 2. The time is 11.54 a.m. Saturday morning. We are getting through this. We are on schedule. Five minutes to go until Thor. So, Iron Man 2. First of all, forgot that uh, Justin Theroux uh, wrote this. Um, famous actor Justin Theroux, who is uh, who we saw most recently in The Girl on the Train. And um, I think he wrote Zoolander with Ben Stiller. I don't have IMDb to hand, which I probably should. But... Um, Overall, I'd say the the writing in this film is probably the biggest problem. Uh, I think the movie doesn't quite hang together. There's no there's there's not enough of a thematic drive. Um, you know, Tony is slowly dying, and then he sort of goes off the rails. But there's no real threat 
in this movie. Mickey Rourke is kind of just hamming it up, but he's not very scary. He's quite enjoyable to watch, but there's no there's no real suspense or threat hanging over any of this movie. Justin Hammer is great fun. Sam Rockwell is brilliant, but he's not he's not a villain as such. He's too goofy. Uh, but I will say every moment Sam Rockwell is on screen is is just a blast. In particular, just the little details, uh, like when he's sitting in the air hangar when he first meets Mickey Rourke and he's got this bad fake tan all over his hands it's it's just perfect um there's a lot there's a lot of montages in this movie i'm going to start doing a montage count i t- counted uh, two big montages in this movie there's an opening montage with Mickey Rourke where he's building his suit and it's just real gritty engineering sort of montage quite it's quite a nice contrast to the sort of montages we've seen uh, in the first Iron Man, um, and another one we get later with Tony building an element, um, which is just again just full of it's fun. It's just him ripping up the ground, putting down cords and cables. I, I love all this stuff about the Iron Man movies. Just him building things, and that of course ends in the line from Jarvis: "Congratulations, you have made a new element," uh, which is kind of a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, but I guess. Hopping back to the screenplay by Justin Through, there are a few really nice uh, lines of dialogue in this movie. Um, Tony suggests to Pepper Potts we should go somewhere, go to Venice, you know, recharge our batteries. And she says, not everyone runs on batteries, Tony, which I really liked. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is just a blast in this movie again. His ego is just out of control. You know, he's really starting to get comfortable with the role. And he just nails it. Like, this, this, there's a lot of fun to be had at this movie. It's fun when he's at his birthday party, he gets drunk, and then him and Don Cheadle have a fight. It just doesn't hang together. There's not enough of a narrative drive. It's pretty much just one big, very well-done action set piece at the beginning at the Formula One race. Then there's just a lot, a lot of filler, enjoyable filler, but it's really not enough to push a, a movie forward. And the, the last act is just a... A bit of a dismal mess, really. Um, what else have I written down here? Um, a few interesting cameos at the very beginning. At the, I guess these aren't cameos because these two weren't really famous yet, but they're famous now. Olivia Wilde is in this for like a split second as an entertainment reporter. And Kate Mara is um, the person at the beginning who hands Tony the Sabina for the, um, for the Senate hearings. Uh, and both of them have gone on to play Marvel... Superheroes. Uh, Olivia Wilde was most recently Psylocke in X-Men Apocalypse. And Kate Mara, of course, was um, Sue Storm in the latest Fantastic Four disaster, which admittedly I haven't seen. A quick check-in while we're talking about actresses on the Bechdel test. I'm afraid it's another fail uh, for Marvel on this one. Improvement, though. We are getting better. In The Incredible Hulk, um, there were two female characters. One of them didn't have any lines. In Iron Man 2... There are two significant female characters, and they both have quite a lot of lines. So obviously we've got uh, Pepper Potts, played by Gwyneth Paltrow again, and Scarlett Johansson is introduced as Black Widow. But do they have a conversation? They almost have a conversation, I would say. They do, um, and that conversation is kind of related to Tony Stark. And it's not a real conversation. I mean, they start having, like, they say one line to each other, and then he interrupts. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to score you a fail on this one, Iron Man 2 just doesn't count and mentioning black widow um obviously she's famous for her ridiculous scissor kick uh which we've seen in the avengers and all the avengers movies so far where she you know she does that flippy thing gets her legs over someone's head and then 
flips them round. It's kind of her signature move. It's a ridiculous move and it's really overused. So because I'm trapped in this movie marathon for the next two days, I'm going to keep a keep a counter, a, the official Cinemile Black Widow scissor kick counter. Um, and there were three scissor kicks in Iron Man 2, so it'll be interesting to see how many we get uh, in the end of it. The Stan Lee cameo was really good in this one. It's very quick. Um, they're coming out of the expo at the beginning and they're seeing loads of celebrity and, you, and celebrities and you're seeing it from Tony's perspective and then Stanley just shows up and he shakes his hand and says oh Larry King um, okay it's a lot better in the movie I think I just blew that Gary Shandling is in this um, uh, rest in peace Gary Shandling died this year or, or last year a great comedic actor and all the stuff with him as Senator Stern and the the hearings uh, like is, is Iron Man safe uh, and them trying to uh, acquire it for the government all that is very interesting and it's it's quite it echoes uh, Captain America Civil War quite well because it's all about accountability should should these weapons be in the hands of, of a private citizen or should they be government regulated so it echoes it quite nicely and actually this movie has Tony Stark on the opposite side of that of that argument because as we know in Captain America Civil War he's all for registration so it's a, it's a it's a nice sort of interesting evolution of the character and all that senate stuff was just great fun another quick cameo elon musk was in this very briefly as himself um i just wrote here mickey rourke looks like he's wearing a halloween wig which he did it looked like a cheap wig that you'd pick up a, in like a two pound store down the road for a you know for a kid's halloween costume i don't know what what was happening there really what else? What else did I say here? I wrote Mickey Rourke and uh, his bird is the real love story here. It's very beautiful. The love story. Oh, we finally got a kiss at the end here between Tony, uh, Tony and Pepper. Um, there's very little action in this movie for most of it. You get that F one scene, and then it's there's a lot. They, they ram a lot of action in the end, but it's really boring. The drone, all the drone stuff was was really boring. There's some sort of fun banter between Don Cheadle and. Um, and Tony, I think overall Don Cheadle is more interesting in uh, as Rhodes than um, than Terrence Howard was in the first one. It's so silly how Black Widow is just like an expert hacker as well. I mean, why can't you just, I hate characters who are just everything. They could do everything. They're expert fighters and they're sexy and they're spies and they're also expert hackers. That just, uh, no, no thanks. I kind of wrote here, the, the move, this movie is too cocky. I think it is. I think they kind of... This is almost the Marvel Studios teenage years. I think they're sort of a bit giddy off maybe the success of Iron Man. So they tried to cram loads of stuff in here. They crammed in, you know... Oh, someone's doing some gardening outside. You know, they tried to cram in um, uh, Nick Fury and Black Widow. There's a lot of Thor references in Captain America. But they sort of... They they had a lot, clearly had a lot of fun with this, but forgot to sort of uh, keep it as a very tight narrative uh there's not enough plot to propel us forward here i think that's the main problem the best line in this movie for me was at the end of the movie when tony is fighting off all of justin hammer's drones and he says to pepper pot um i'm fending off a hammeroid attack here that's just great hats off hats off to justin through or whoever wrote that there's some just great comedy dialogue in this so that's Iron Man 2. On the um, on the grand ranking count, I 
think oh, this is a this is a really tough one because I think this is kind of on par with the Incredible Hulk. I think they both have sort of similar problems. Oh, it's so hard to know which I prefer. I think I'm probably going to have to go with Iron Man two overall, but just marginally. So, uh, so that puts us. Uh, in the lead at the moment is the original Iron Man followed by Iron Man 2 followed by The Incredible Hulk and that's the Marvel score tally to date I'm going to go um, have a cup of coffee now before Thor starts it's 5 past 12 so we are pretty much on schedule I'm going to put on some hold music while you wait Um, I don't know what hold music I'm going to put in here I'm going to have to get inventive so see you in a minute my coffee let's do some um let's do some coffee noises <sighs> once more let's do some uh, more coffee slurping <sighs> yeah that's good stuff that's good coffee i'm gonna need i'm feeling pumped today's gonna be good a lot better than last night so thor thor is the movie that uh shouldn't have worked we all thought it would be stupid um it sounded like a bad idea on paper, it looked like a bad idea. On posters, uh, who was who? Who's this? Crims Hem- Crims Hemsworth? Who's Crims Hemsworth? I mean, that's what we were all asking at the time. Who's Crims Hemsworth? Um, still don't know who Crims Hemsworth is, but uh, Chris Hemsworth was a kind of a nobody. I remember we used to. Uh, I recognised him from Home and Away, which we used to watch a lot in uh, in college back in the day. But um, yeah, this movie was a real surprise. I remember. Um, it was just really fun, light-hearted. Kenneth Branagh was an interesting choice as director, um, and it was sort of an, it, it was a diff- it was a nice sort of different, more magical sort of take on the um, compared to the other movies. I'm just going to read out the, the plot synopsis here from IMDb. As the son of Odin, king of the Norse gods, Thor will soon inherit the throne of Asgard from his aging father. However, on the day that he is to be crowned, Thor reacts with brutality when the gods' enemies, the Frost Giants, enter the palace in violation of their treaty. As punishment, Odin banishes Thor to Earth. While Loki, Thor's brother, plots mischief in Asgard, Thor, now stripped of his powers, faces his greatest threat. I mean, if I hadn't seen this and read that, that would be complete gobbledygook. That's complete nonsense. Uh frost giants plotting mischief i mean that's pretty that's not very threatening mischief i think that's a bit reductive of loki's plans to be fair mischief so that's that's thor let's i'm I'm shouting on here i'm just going to put this movie on uh talk to you in a bit i need a horse we don't have horses, just dogs, cats, birds. And give me one of those large enough to ride. Okay, the credits are rolling on Thor. That is four down. Iron Man 2, Iron Man, Thor, and the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, four done, which leaves nine to go. Okay, 
so we haven't really broken the back of this yet. It's uh, 2 p.m. on Saturday. Right, Thor. So straight away, this annoyed me in that it did the whole starts in the middle and then uh, jumps back to the beginning thing that Iron Man did as well. I just, I just started the start movies. You don't need this. Um, that's when they first, you know, hit Thor with their car and then we see how it happened and who he is. And we get this very Lord of the Rings style opening explaining the frost giants and how they were gods back in Norway and uh, blah, 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 blah. It's it's all, it's kind of, you know, I, I actually liked all that. I, I liked all that stuff. I liked all the big fantasy Shakespearean side of this. Um, Asgard as a as a place and as a city doesn't doesn't look so hot anymore after I think only five years have passed since this film was made but the CG work on that is not great it's very floaty it never doesn't really look like a real place I don't the set design was kind of weird I thought it's like it kind of uh, the, the like main temple or wherever where they live the just looks like a church organ it's just stupid uh just google it google asgard city i don't know it's 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 bad um what i really like is um how petulant thor is at the beginning uh you know he's just a hopkins anthony hopkins's dad calls him a vain greedy cruel boy and uh, by the way hopkins is brilliant in this just amazing delivery he's just uh perfect for this sort of theatrical theatrical role and crims hemsworth um as I will now refer to him for the rest of this podcast, was, uh, you know, brilliant. He just pulls off all the comedy. He pulls off a bit of pathos towards the end. He's, his his character has a has a genuine journey. You know, he learns things. He get everything gets taken away from him. It's you know, it's nothing revolutionary, but it's uh, it's certainly more more of a driving force than you know we saw in Iron Man two or. Or even the Incredible Hulk, where those movies felt very aimless. This, this, while it doesn't, you know, re- revolutionise the storytelling. It's it's a very classic story format. It's all about uh, familial struggles. It's um, they are sort of all the characters are kind of archetypes. It's got betrayal and fathers and sons and brothers. But uh, that stuff all works, and it just it just fuels this movie. And uh, but what really makes this movie pop is all the sort of the fish out of water comedy as soon as he gets to to earth it's just really really good fun uh crims hemsworth just plays it brilliantly natalie portman is great kat dennings and uh stellar stellan skarsgård there's just a lot of fun energy to this a lot i mean there's just like when he goes into the the pet store and says i need a horse um and they say we only have got cats and dogs and he says well give me one of them that's big enough to ride i mean that's hilarious this is by the by the way this is the only movie so far that I've watched that I've actually laughed out loud, genuinely laughed out loud to myself. I mean, that's something that you don't tend to do when you're when you're watching um, a movie by yourself. You know, you can acknowledge, oh, that was funny. But the actual reaction of laughing is a, is, is a bit rarer. And I and I got I got it here. I mean, I acknowledged that Robert Downey Jr. was amusing in um, in the Iron Man movies, but I didn't get any laughs out loud. So well done, Thor. Um also worth noting, first movie to pass the Bechdel test. Well done, Thor. Not only did it have four sort of significant female characters for the most part. So you've got Natalie Portman and uh, Kat Denning um, as 
what are they called? Jane and uh, Darcy down on Earth. Then you've got Sif, who's one of Thor's sort of posse. And then you've got his mother, played by Rene Russo, Frigga, who doesn't have as much to do in, in this one. But, um, you know, they're, they're all sort of significant characters in the movie. And more importantly, they talk to each other about things that aren't men. So Jane and Darcy talk to each other about science. Uh, Sif offers Frigga her condolences and hopes she's doing okay at the end of the movie. So look, look, that's a significant step up from where we started, where there was only one female character um, in Iron Man. And uh, also Jane is an actual scientist and as does actual science in this, as opposed to Liv Tyler in The Incredible Hulk, who, you know, just whispered, whispered a lot. She just whispered Bruce's name a lot and was a, look, looked a bit sort of lovelorn. I like all the stuff with, uh, you know, science meets magic and the Einstein Rosen bridge, which I googled and it's a real thing, apparently. You know, there's a great line, magic is just science we don't understand yet. Um I love all that stuff. I love that idea, even though, as I said, the set design doesn't really work for me. And finally, a villain that actually works. This is clearly like Loki is a much better villain than than we've seen in any of the other movies so far. And you can see why he was sort of the perfect choice for the Avengers. You know, he's got motivation. He's got purpose. He's got character. You can kind of empathize with him. Um, and he's deceptive and interesting and Tom Hiddleston was just so perfectly cast in this. He's just great fun. I wrote down here, there's a, when uh, Anthony Hopkins' character Odin goes into the Odin sleep, which they don't really explain. It seems to be like hibernation or something, but um, such a such a ridiculous thing to call it. Odin sleep, I'm, which I've decided I'm now going to call, anytime I go to sleep, is now will now be called Dave sleep. He has entered Dave sleep. A catatonic state. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in Dave sleep Deep Dave sleep tonight after all these bloody movies. Uh, some of this uh, I mentioned, uh, I keep shitting on the set design, but uh, the co- some of the costume design is, I mean, they did the best they could, it's, but it's very, some of the, like Loki's helmet, you can see they were trying to sort of stay true to the roots of the comic book, but it just looks ridiculous. Um, I, I think there's a good line in the Avengers coming up where um, Tony Stark calls him Reindeer Games, which sort of sums it up. Hawkeye shows up in this movie. For no reason. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't fire a single arrow. Just kind of stands there. So that was pointless. That's just... Just lame setting up of the the Avengers, I guess. But just didn't didn't really do much. And the fight scenes weren't particularly impressive or memorable, to be honest. Um, so it sounds like I'm kind of shitting on this movie overall. But to be honest, um, I'm, I'm slotting this in at the top. This is the most fun I've had with any of the movies so far. I think they just nailed the fun of this... Um, and it's got, as I said, it's got, it's got more of a driving force of a narrative, even though it's not revolutionary. It was just really enjoyable. Um, and really just, this feels like Marvel really hitting their stride now. They got the tone right and they sort of kept that momentum up for the, for the rest of their movies. One thing to note, um, I just spotted in the credits randomly in special thanks at the end. Uh, Ralph Macchio was mentioned who played the Karate Kid um, the sad news is I, I googled why he was thanked and somebody has investigated this and it's not Ralph Macchio from the Karate Kid it's apparently some writer from Marvel who's also called Ralph Macchio which is confusing 
All right, now I'm going to go take a, a quick break. And then when I come back, I am going to be Skyping my friend Joe Kiley over in Ireland. Uh, and we are going to watch Captain America, the first Avenger. So uh, stay with me. I'm going to put on put you on some hold music again. Who knows what I'll find this time. See you soon. How are you? I'm great. How's it going? Thank God. Human contact. <laughs> I'll be it remotely via Skype. It's not actual human contact. It's close enough. Uh, How are you holding up? It's not great. Not great, Joe. I had a long night. Uh, we were I was the ske- we we're way behind schedule last night. I ended up up till 4 a.m. I've had four hours sleep, but we're on schedule today, so it can happen again. I need to sleep tonight. Do you know what I think, Dave? I think it's not just... DC that need to catch up with Marvel. Oh, did you did you rehearse that? Did you? Is that written down on I, paper? I, that's why there was a slight pause. I didn't rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, um, this is Joe, my friend from Ireland, um, and we actually uh, host another podcast together called Shitegeist. Go check it out at uh, shitegeistpod.com or at shitegeistpod on Twitter. Yes, and you can email uh, shitegeistpod at gmail.com with anything you want to harangue us with. So, Joe has never seen this movie, Captain America, The First Avenger. Correct. I've never seen... Well, okay, bar the Avengers and uh, the second Avengers, I haven't seen any Captain America standalone movie. So, uh, I'm interested to see how this backstory pans out. I I, I know the basic brushstrokes, but uh, I'd be interested to see him hold a movie by himself. And uh, how many of the 13 MCU movies have you seen then? All except these two Captain Americas? No, no, unfortunately. I, I think I'm missing the uh, Incredible Hulk and one of the Thors. Uh, I think there's five that I'm missing total. Okay, well, you're not missing much on the Incredible Hulk, let me tell you. I watched that last night. It's got some uh, some good parts to it, but it's pretty much a floppy mess. <laughs> uh, this, this one is a lot better, uh, I think, from my memory. I haven't seen this uh, since the cinema. I think I ended up seeing this twice in the cinema. Um Funnily enough, I had a day. I remember I had a day off work and then decided to go see it. And then Kathy wanted to see it, so I went again. Um, Do you happen to remember what Kathy made of it? Kathy really likes this movie, actually. Okay, great, great. Yeah, she's not. Um, she's not a huge fan of uh, the MCU movies, as has been stated in our, in a, particularly in our Captain America: Civil War review, which she hated. Um, but she <laughs> she likes she liked the first Captain America movie and she liked the first Thor movie and I think that's where it sort of starts started and stopped with her. Oh, she liked Guardians of the, the Galaxy as well, which is yes, you know. yeah. That's I think that's a that's a high watermark for for uh, Marvel. Um, just my my significant other Ruth uh, also quite enjoys Thor, but uh, I think we can guess for what reasons. <laughs> is it the uh, yeah? Well, I just finished watching Thor and he's uh, he's pretty dreamy. 
Um, I mean, I, clearly I've been craving human contact to the point where I'm, I'm <laughs> just obsessing over Chris, Chris Hemsworth or uh, Crims Hemsworth, as I was calling him in my uh, sleep delirium. <laughs> Crims. Crims. Crims Hemsworth uh, is what I'm going to re- try and refer to him from The now Crimson on Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, um, just before we go launching into Captain America, is, shouldn't he be called Captain Puerto Rico, given that the, uh, the, the flag he's wearing on his chest is the Puerto Rican flag? Is it? What, the star and the... Yeah, the star and the colours. Just like, if you're listening to this, Google the Puerto Rican flag and Google Captain America. I'm doing it right now. This is great podcast. Man Googles... Man Googles thing on phone. Oh my God, yeah. It's the... It's... <laughs> I'm not the first person to point this out. I just, I just wanted to make sure that everyone was clear on this. So technically, he's got the red and white stripes down. So, but technically, he should have what fifty fifty little stars instead of one big star. That's the difference, isn't it? Uh, maybe it is. Maybe, but it's close enough. It's the difference. I'm saying. I'm looking at it right now, Joe. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it. Let's uh, let's stick this bad boy on and and get through this. Woo, America! Let's do this. Fuck yeah, USA. USA! Joe, the credits are rolling. What did you think of Captain America colon the first Avenger? Uh, he's a colon Avenger? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He'll clean you right out. Um, I, I, honestly, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. And, you know, I was pretty gripped throughout. Um, it had its flaws, like most comic book movies. But uh, yeah, I was kind of interested to see the development of the character. And he's sort of a likeable guy. And... Uh, yeah, yeah. For for a screwball uh, action adventure set in um, World War Two, yeah, it it ticked all the boxes. Yeah, it's fun. I like I like um I like all the stuff of him being this sort of weedy kid and he just wants to fight and stand up to bullies. I mean, it's very um that that character could easily have just become a sort of a cheeseball pastiche, but they infuse enough um I don't know old fashioned sort of heroism and bravery into it it's like it's not you know it's 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 sort of not inspiring is not the right word but it's uh it pulls it off it's sincere i think yeah yeah that's the one thing he's just he's almost one-dimensional in terms of his his heroism um like there's never a question he is he's almost terminally brave the the scene of him throwing himself (laughs) on the grenade is is a key (laughs) example and that's like that's the test to see well how stupid and brave is this guy just Uh, kick it away well, yeah, a little bit. Um, there's, there's, there were a couple of moments. I hate to skip right to the end, but there was a section where he he creates or he, he chooses the ultimate sacrifice and decides to plow a giant bomber into the earth when he could just bail out at any moment. Yeah, I mean, it was on a direct course for that ice. All he had to do was like hit the eject button at the last minute. Presumably, there's, there's always an eject button. But even if there's not, he is superhuman. He could just hop out of the plane and, and just plummet and impact the earth and walk away unscathed well yeah that's true you had you had a good point about his uh his powers so that the, there's a scene after he's grieving after the loss of bucky and he's um he says he can't get drunk because he has superhuman 
healing ability. And you pointed out that he also has superhuman grieving. He feels yeah. he feels pain. Yeah, well, um, maybe maybe he grieves faster than others. I don't know, but he he's certainly he's different. Uh, he grieves he, faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> um, one thing that was especially amazing about him, uh, well, post transformation, I suppose you know it is a marked transformation from a, a, a tiny, weak uh, little guy to this Adonis of a of a superhuman. So much so that as soon as he comes out of his transformation, everybody rushes up and touches his abs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. If I was there, I probably would have done the same. It's kind of ridiculous. I think and that's really what that's really his body as well. He did that. Oh yes, well, uh, you know, all credit to, to Chris Evans for that. It must have taken an enormous amount of work. But um, I propose that we we rename Captain America Peck Man. <laughs> there was a lot of Peck action in this. Uh, even to the, we we pointed out that it's Stanley Tucci's dying moments. The last thing he does, and you should go back and watch this, uh, everyone, is he touches. His pecs, sort of gently. He just gives him a little poke in the pecs. <laughs> the, the peck poke. Uh, yeah, well, like, you know, you you got to choose what you do with those last moments really carefully. And uh, you, who who can fault him? He's never going to get that chance again. <laughs> no, you just had to know. Uh, his his super serum is kind of ridiculous. It, uh, I think the way I understood it is it, you know, if you're bad, it's going to make you more bad and your skin will go red. But if you're good, it makes you more good. So it somehow can identify morality in people. I actually didn't have a problem with that. Uh, I think a lot of the modern uh, thinking around recreational drug use is whatever mental state you have going into it, it amplifies it. So things like LSD and things like uh, illicit drug use, if you are in a bad mental state, it'll make that worse. You're more likely to have a bad trip, uh, particularly with psychedelics and things like that. So that in and of itself... I was willing to accept. Okay, but what about uh, Vita rays? So that was part of the process as well. So they saturated him with Vita rays. With a hundred percent Vita rays. Oh yes, the percentage. There's a lot. We noticed there's a lot of percentage science in this movie. That's ten percent. Twenty percent. Thirty. That's forty percent. A lot of signs are normal. That's fifty percent. 60, 70, 80, 90. That's 100%. Uh, when Red Skull is testing out the, the Tesseract, he's, uh, Toby Jones says, we're at 40%. And he says, damn it, push it harder. So they get to 60%. And eventually, they always get to 100%. They should just start the thing at 100%. It's true. It's the spinal tap thing. Like, you know, these go up to 11. <laughs> Why not make 10 louder? <laughs> it's not clear, like, what wattage they're using or what the percentage is of, but they're at 100%. You can't go any more than that. So as an, as an engineer and someone who understands physics, was any of that grating for you or are you just happy to go along with it? Oh, look, I mean, it's a superhero movie. All movies, I've come to realise, are a sequence of impossible things happening. And um, it's it's your ability to deal with these things or to accept or to suspend your disbelief that uh, that dictates whether the movie is a success or not. Um, I wrote down here with a few cameos. We had Walter Frey was in the beginning. I forget that actor's name. Always good to see him. Game of Thrones. Yeah, and, and he was the victim for once and, and not just a hateable sort Evil of a villain. Yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's a good villain though. 
another Game of Thrones cast member as well. Natalie Dormer is in this for a moment. Before, yes, she, before she, anyone um, knew who she was. She's almost a character. We almost know her name. <laughs> yeah, she's the. Well, I wouldn't have known who, who she was when I first saw this. She's the um, the girl that sort of throws herself at Steve's at Captain Peckman. And, and during the montage, they kind of allude to that as well. There's some um, some blonde beautiful woman comes up to Captain America and just like we just have to fill in the blanks and assume they banged I don't see I disagree I think he's a virgin I think he's still a virgin right. in the Avengers as well and and I think throughout all these movies his virginity has remained intact that's an interesting read uh, it's because it's a what a, a 12 certificate movie we're never going to get the answer to that <laughs> well I want, I want I want the answer to that in Captain America 4. Maybe we get it in The Last Avengers. Okay, uh, he's just a yeah. very chaste, he's a very chaste character. Yeah, I suppose he's virtuous and he's, uh, yeah, he's idealized. Uh, actually, this whole movie is, it's propaganda from start to finish. Like, I was thinking about any kid who reads these comic books or watches this movie, for the, and it's their first exposure to World War II. Like, it, it paints a really one-sided view of, World War Two, and I'm not even I'm not proposing that the Nazi view should be taken. I'm saying there's more than one there's more than one Allied power in World War Two, and it's absurd the way they that they, they show it. It's like one guy single handedly wins the war for them. Yeah, the clue is in the title. You know, it was a world war. It wasn't uh, America versus Germany, which is what they. I mean, although uh, that said, uh, you do have a point. But for a movie that's called Captain America, uh, it didn't. It could have gone a lot more overboard. It is very Americanized and cheesy, but... Yeah, I was expecting more flags, for one. Well, your point about the Puerto Rican flag was, was bang on. That's uh... Still in all, there might be a political statement in that. I think that, you know, Puerto Rico is... Is, is it one of those um, colonies that's of the United States, but not in the United States? It's, uh, am, I, am I right in saying that? Uh, can somebody fact check this please? It's, it's a US territory, but it's not in the United States. I think that's my understanding of it. Could be wrong. Uh, Dave O'Neill is our official fact checker on Twitter. He'll um, he'll come back to us with with all, with a correction on this. Well, episode. he has his work cut out because <laughs> we're we're terribly uninformed. <laughs> we could just Google it, but uh, that's that that's not good radio. Um, I wrote down a quote you said back to his pecs uh, when he was drawing. You said he has the soul of an artist and the pecs of a warrior. I I think you're misrepresenting me, Dave. I'm not obsessed with his pecs. I just think it's <laughs> it, I think it's absurd for the film. But they're very impressive pecs. He did a lot of pec work, but no, he didn't no question. It, he did miss leg day in the gym, as you as you pointed <laughs> out, because there wasn't when he's in the the super soldier containment thing, uh, and all the injections go into his muscles. He's wearing pants, so nothing went into his legs. So he's the guy normal legs, but it's superior pecs and grieving. Yeah, it's it's all torso and arm work, which. Uh, Classic blunder. Uh, you also pointed out Tommy Lee Jones, who is, but he's a bit of fun in this movie. I like he's he's that got that cranky old man thing that he does so well. Yeah, totally. Um, he's he's well cast. But you pointed out uh, he obviously was Two Face in Batman Forever, so a bit of a DC Marvel hop here as well. Yeah, I think we're going to identify more and more of these as we go along. But uh, yeah, so who who are the other ones? We've got um, you've got well Affleck. Well, Affleck is. Um, he was Daredevil and the he's Batman. Yeah. And uh, R- Ryan Reynolds was Green Lantern and Deadpool. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm just going to do a quick Bechdel test check-in. So this was pretty much a fail. It did have... Well, it has one significant female character in Agent Carter. 
and then there was Natalie Dormer who was there for a minute uh, and but they didn't have a conversation they sort of had an awkward moment with his pecs in the centre of it yeah and I think um, one of the provisos of the Bechdel test is that you need to know the characters names and I, I, I don't recall ever being introduced to Natalie's character fair point so it's another fail um in terms of montages, I'm counting the Marvel movie montages. There was, uh, I just counted one. Oh, no, oh, two. There, no, there, yeah, two. There, there was the battle scene and then there was the Star Spangled Man musical number. Yeah, which was a nice bit of fun, actually. I like that. Uh, I like all that stuff. It, it was nice that he wasn't into it. Like, it, it's if they had done it straight down the line and really sincere, it, there's no point to it. But the, the whole idea that he's dissatisfied with his his lot in life, that he's a performer, but really he wants to be... He wants to be in the shit, Dave. <laughs> Get me in the shit. He just wants to throw himself on grenades. That's all he wants. Just wants to the do that. F- all day. The first opportunity. Like he'll pull the pin out himself if he has to. Okay, so um, I'm gonna slot this into my rankings so far. So um, I enjoyed this, but uh, it's somewhere in the middle for me. I'm gonna put it just above Iron Man Two and The Incredible Hulk which puts it below Iron Man and Thor. Uh, All right, Joe. So that about does us for the first Avenger. You're going to come back tomorrow morning for The Winter Soldier, which you also haven't seen. Bright and early. I'm not used to watching movies at that hour of the morning, but let's give it a go. Yeah, it's 9 a.m. I'm going to have had about uh, six hours sleep on top of the four I've had tonight. And I'm going to have a few beers after this, so... All right, thanks, Joe. Um, again, you can um, check out our other podcasts. We're at shitegeistpod.com or you can follow us at Twitter at shitegeistpod. See you later, Joe. I'm going to go watch The Avengers now by myself. Enjoy. Yeah, let me know if it passes the Bechdel test. See you, Dave. Thanks. It's now ten past six on Saturday. I went off and I had a run um, and I had a shower and I feel a lot better. Um, really feeling a lot more energetic now. I feel like a new man. Uh, we And we're start, starting to break the back on this thing. So we have done how many? Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor and Captain America... Onto the sixth one. So almost halfway there. And this is the end of phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Avengers or Marvel's Avengers Assemble, I think it was called at the UK. Because everyone thought, um, because the studios thought that people would get confused with uh, the 1960s sort of bowler hat TV show, The Avengers. Which is probably a stupid thing to think, but hey. Yeah, I loved this one when it came out. I, I think I saw it, I've seen it like three or four times since. I think this is the one I've seen the most. I just loved seeing them all together. That that sort of four-year build-up, they took their time. And it was so exciting to see all these characters who we've seen in different movies like interact together. Uh, so I'm very excited to watch this. I've just looked at the running time and realized it's two hours and 23 minutes, which is, uh, okay, that's a bit longer than I thought it was. Um... I'm opening a beer. Here we go. 
Ah. Now, I might come to regret that. I've got three movies to go tonight, and if I start drinking, I've had four and a half hours sleep last night. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I've just been sitting on my arse all day, pretty much. Um, all right, I've talked for long enough. Um, here we go, The Avengers. No offense, but I don't play well with others. Big man in a suit of armor. Take that away, what are you? Uh, genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. <laughs> can't protect the earth you can be damn sure we'll avenge it okay two and a half hours since i last spoke to you three beers have passed uh and that's that was really good fun the whole end of that movie is just amazing it's like the complete opposite of all the other movies where they got this you know they got the first half right um but then they just dropped the ball on the climax either the villains weren't great or the uh, the end battles weren't very good, but this is just the, the most thrilling end battle. And just there's that one tracking shot of that follows each and every one of them, and they're all sort of using their powers together. It's it's just so 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 good. Thanos, who who gives a shit about Thanos? The end um, when he smiles. I don't know. It's like it's supposed to be tantalizing. I think that's him talking at the beginning as well. But like it's just it's that's it's boring. Um, there's something there's something I couldn't quite put my finger on about looking at this particularly up on the projector on the wall it was it's less cinematic than some of the earlier ones funnily enough it looks very um it's too colorful and comic booky almost and I think that doesn't help that uh, Captain America's outfit looks ridiculous or his suit I should say because they say the word suit up about a hundred times in this movie uh, it just looks awful. It looked better in the 40s. And I think they addressed this in the uh, Captain America sequels where he goes back to that that costume, which looks a lot better. This one looks pretty much the same as the costume he was wearing, like the joke costume he was wearing on stage in the 40s. The, di- like, the dialogue in this movie is brilliant. There's just some really, really great one-liners. I mean, nobody does one-liners like, like Joss Whedon. Um, but yeah, this, the direction of this, there's something, I mean, besides that sort of final battle scene, which is choreographed so well, it just feels small. It didn't look, it didn't look, it didn't look great. It looked like it was all just too clean and digital. There was a lovely sort of grainy film look to some of the earlier movies, particularly Iron Man and actually The Incredible Hulk. Uh, this just didn't look very real. It looked very CG. Um, I'm still not clear like what Loki's plan was it's so convoluted the whole thing of like you know he wants to get captured and then he's on the ship because he wants to set off the Hulk but like how is he controlling how is he going to set off the Hulk using the staff is he controlling people's minds none of that like the the rules of that staff aren't quite clear like I thought he could only control people if he's like touched them in the heart and who like who cares about Agent Coulson? I mean, he he he's a fine character. He had some fun like uh, interactions with Captain America. I liked all that stuff, and I like Clark Gregg. I think he can he pulls off that character. But like, it's like this big death scene for him, and everyone like is so heartfelt. Like, I'm surely dozens of people died uh, during that attack, and like he's he's less 
he's just as interesting as any of them, isn't he? It's like what it's it, that's the whole foundation of them forming a team because some guy called Phil died. I don't think so. And what's the why does every like why does Interstellar travel all revolve around wormholes? Like why do the like why do the bad guys have to use a wormhole to get them? I guess they must be far away, but but surely like I mean in Guardians of the Galaxy later on, you know that that um, Chris Pratt gets picked up on Earth in a spaceship. People can travel here in spaceships. Is it just that they're further away? I don't know. I don't need. I guess I don't really need answers to this. But it's, everything's just. Like, they're just obsessed with this Tesseract thing. It's like, oh, it's got unlimited power. And then all they ever do is just, like, use it for, like, like commuting. And they add the, like, the Chitari, which is what they're called, the anon- like the anonymous sort of aliens. They're just, they're just, like, they're not very, they're just faceless nonsense villains, really. They just look like game- Gears of War aliens. They're They're not interesting. Um, I kind of liked. I guess nobody really has a character arc here. I guess it's more about the team coming together. You know, they they fight and then they eventually come together. I guess there's a nice line earlier on where Captain America says to Tony, "You know, you, uh, you, you, you're not a hero. You'd never, uh, you know, jump on the wire to save a fellow soldier or something like that." And he gets the chance to sort of sacrifice himself later on. But um, so that's um, that's the Avengers. I really enjoyed that. I'm going. To, oh, the Bechdel test. So the it failed. There were two, there were only two female characters that that I counted. There's obviously Black Widow, and then there's a uh, Colby Smulders is um, the actress. Uh, Maria Hill is the character who works with uh, Nick Fury. But uh, they never talk to each other. That's it. Two female characters, dozens of male characters. So I think it's pretty much a fail. I mean, this is very much a male-centric movie i would say uh recastings obviously mark ruffalo took over from edward norton and i think he there's something that he's just a better bruce banner to be honest i thought edward norton did a great job but um there's just something about mark ruffalo he looks so damaged his um he just looks so sad and like pitiful behind the eyes it's it's just he's he's perfect for for bruce banner um the Black Widow scissor kick count came to two. I thought there'd be a lot more in the Avengers. Actually, she did three scissor kicks in Iron Man 2. I thought there were a lot more in this. I, I mean, unless I wasn't paying attention properly, but I only counted two. Um, we're also counting Captain America jumping out of a plane. He did it twice in this one. And uh, there were zero Marvel movie montages, disappointingly. I guess that's more of an Iron Man thing. So that's the Avengers. I'm going um, gonna to go fix myself a drink. And then I will be back for... What's next? It's Iron Man 3. Back in a minute. So it is 9.26pm Saturday night And we are going on to Iron Man 3 Oh I forgot to say where the Avengers Slots into the list so far Um, I'm going to actually just slot it in at the top Even though It's pretty close between that Thor and Iron Man To be honest 
Um, but I just have a lot of affection for the Avengers and it's just so much fun. So the rankings are the Avengers, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, the first Avenger, Iron Man 2 and the Incredible Hulk. So Iron Man 3, I've seen this one twice. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I think Shane Black uh, just brought so much to the table here uh, in terms of the script. And uh, the baddie was particularly interesting or baddies. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Um, so I am looking forward to watching this again. Right, here we go. Last Iron Man. I'm Tony Stark. I build neat stuff. I got a great girl. And occasionally save the world. So why can't I sleep? Okay, Iron Man 3. Look, I don't know is... I don't know, is it just that I'm delirious or that I've had like five beers? But I think that is the best Marvel movie ever. Or at least in this run of movies that I'm watching at the moment. Um, Yeah, that's like straight in at the top for me. That's better than all the others. It's just so, so good from beginning to end. It's got... It's such it's a self-contained story. It's not trying to build up something bigger, so it's got a beginning, a middle and an end. It's got villains who are actually good and interesting. It's got like sub-villains who are interesting, not like stupid drones from Iron Man 2. They they're basically all terminators. Um Guy Pierce is fun in it. Um Robert Downey Jr is just on top form. There's the whole thing with him and having PTSD and anxiety attacks is very interesting. It's basically a detective story, which is great. Shane Black just really writes, he writes a great little detective story and he's got a great way with dialogue. There's also a lot of human characters in this, which you don't get out in any of the other movies, really. Um, I mean, you get human characters like in 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 Thor, like... Um, Jane, Jane, and uh, Stellan Skarsgård and all them are human. But what you what you get is in Iron Man three is just incidental human characters, like when he goes into Middle America and befriends a kid and talks to the mother of a victim. Uh, it all feels very real, and it, even just a little scene when he goes into a cameraman's van and the cameraman is his like biggest fan and has a tattoo of him. You know, that's just it's very it identifiable it sort of places iron man back in the real world whereas i think having just watched the avengers it became almost too big you know this this was actually the perfect antidote to that movie um and it was very very funny like i i counted my lols and again i have had five beers so um take take this with it you know i was gonna say a spoonful of sugar but uh that's not the phrase, is it? Don't don't take this with a spoonful of sugar. But I had four lols, four genuine lols. So basically, I'm just here by myself. Um, it's nearly midnight on Saturday night, and I'm just laughing after watching six movies in one day. Five movies? I'm losing count. Um, I mean, just from the beginning, it opens with that song "Blue, uh, Blue" from the '90s. I mean, what more can you want? One thing I noticed, which I hadn't noticed before, is that 
because I'm watching all of these in a row, the guy in the cave, the doctor in the cave, or the engineer in the first Iron Man that Tony is in captivity in captivity with, mentions a conference in Switzerland where he met Tony, and that is the exact same conference from the beginning of this movie, and he has a small little cameo. It's a nice throwback. Joan Rivers is in this movie for a second, which is great, talking about the uh, War Machine's rebranding to Iron Patriot, which is fun. I mean, and... and um, Robert Downey Jr. and Don Cheadle have loads of great sort of buddy comedy stuff uh, in this movie. I mean, Shane Black, who wrote and directed this, essentially invented the buddy comedy. John Favreau has some really fun stuff at the, the beginning of this. He seems a lot more comfortable in the role of Happy, I guess, maybe just because he stepped out of the director's chair. He was just having a lot of fun in this. Uh, this is definitely the best Iron Man. It's the best Marvel movie of the ones I've watched to date. Um... I'm just looking through my notes here. The the uh, It was quite dark because I've got the projector on and I couldn't really see what I was writing, so these scribbles are quite illegible. Um, there was an amazing bit. All the, all the action scenes were better, like a marked improvement from the previous Iron Man's. Um, there's just a lot of inventiveness there. Like when he when his home is being destroyed, he like propels a piano into a helicopter. So good. <laughs> One of my notes is just... This is so good. Um, and it passed the Bechdel test. So there were four famous, four separate female characters. Um, and two of them had a conversation. Pepper Potts and... Um, oh, for, forget the botanist uh, character. Um, have a Had a had a full-blown conversation. Imagine that. Um, this movie has everything. Conversations... Women having conversations. All the stuff with Tony and the kid was just brilliant. He's got such good chemistry. with, And that little kid actor was great. And it sort of was reminiscent of what we see later in Captain America Civil War. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of that in the Spider-Man movie um, that he had between with him and Tom Holland. I mean, it's just that he's got such good chemistry with him um, when he's the, the, the wise mentor. There's also just like... It's mo- this movie is more Tony Stark than Iron Man, which is it's just better. It's it's more interesting when he's can't use his suit um, and he has to like there's there's a whole fight scene in the middle um, in a pub in a kitchen where he basically has to use his smarts to outwit these people. And it's just very very clever. And then he breaks into um, the Mandarin's lair using no suit. You know, he just invents some stuff. And we had a classic Iron Man montage in this, which we haven't seen in a while. So we haven't had a montage since Captain America, uh, the first Avenger. And yeah, as I said, the villain, the villains are just, just better in this. And Penn Kingsley, how good is he? He's absolutely hilarious in this. It's even got William Sadler as the president. There's also like the stuff with the two henchmen that feels very Shane Black. And the whole, the, those just very, very inventive action scenes. The uh, the whole Air Force One scene and then Tony jumping out of the plane. You know, how many people are in the air? 13. How many can you carry? Four. Like, such a great setup. And the way he gets around it is amazing. So that's, we're nearly done. Nearly done for the day. Um, it's like I'm clocking in. It's feel, it just, just starting to feel like work. Um, Thor The Dark World is next. So... I'm going to grab a quick drink and then come back and talk about that.
Okay, so it is one minute past midnight. We are into Sunday, the last day of my Marvel movie marathon. <sighs> Got my last beer in hand, last movie of the night, Thor The Dark World. I like I, I like this one. I think I've seen this one. Yeah, I've seen this one twice as well. I saw it once in the cinema and then uh, once again a couple of years ago. It's fun. I remember loving all the Loki stuff. Here's the here's the plot synopsis. When Dr. Jane Foster gets cursed with a powerful entity known as the Ether, Thor is heralded of the cosmic event known as the Convergence and the genocidal Dark Elves. He's heralded of the cosmic event. Is that a verb? Heralded? Thor is heralded of the cosmic event known as the Convergence. What the hell does that mean? He's herald. Thor is heralded of the cosmic event known as the Convergence. Okay, I, d- I don't understand. He's heralded? How do you get heralded of something? What does that mean? What does that mean to be heralded? Do you herald someone? I thought a herald... I've got to Google this right now. Her- heralded. Herald, verb. Oh, guys, I can't type. Okay. This says it's a... Oh, I've written herbal. Oh, guys. This is hard. Heralded. Heralded. Verb. To be a sign that something is about to happen. To signal, indicate, or announce. I guess that makes sense. He heralded... But nobody says that. Let's hear it. That's the Google voice thing. Herald. What is he saying? Herald. Herald. I mean, that doesn't sound anything like Herald. 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 He's not saying the D at all. Herald. Okay, I'm going crazy here. I've just, I have no one to talk to, so I'm talking to Google Translate. So, yeah. That's Thor. That's Thor the Dark World. Hopefully this one um, will be as good as as the first one, which was the first movie to pass the Bechdel test in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is very important. And it's my third highest in the ranking so far. So where will Thor the Dark World come in? Only time will tell. How much time? I'm about to find out. One hour and 52 minutes. Oh my God, that's actually shorter than the rest of them this is great only an hour and 52 minutes I could be in bed by 2am oh, what a treat alright let's watch this now but before we do that I have one more thing to say Harold 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 after all this time now you come to visit me, brother. Why? To mock. I need your help. But I wish I could trust you. If you did, you'd be the fool I always took you for. Okay. Credits are rolling on Thor The Dark World. It's 2.03am, Sunday morning. I am now re- really feeling the effects 
of the few beers and the lack of sleep. Um, it's only six hours till I have to get up again to keep going with the Winter Soldier. So that movie, that movie didn't really do it for me this time. Um, I mean, admittedly, I am tired, but I was tired through Iron Man three as well. But that was a lot better. This, um, I mean, there's things I like in this. It's good to see all the characters again, but it's lacking that fish out of water humor that the first one had, and that it's lacking a lot of that charm. But what it does have is it looks a lot better. I mentioned earlier in my Thor um, comments that the Asgard just looked shit. It, it looked, just looked like a big church organ with loads of CG. We never actually saw any of it. We were only ever in like two locations. Whereas Asgard in this movie feels like a really fleshed out um, location. There's, we see lots of like beautiful sort of water scenes. Um, we see like taverns. We see a lot more of the the city and we see other worlds. Um, so it's a lot more and the CG looks a lot, lot better. And it's only two years of a difference. So yeah, I think there's, it must have had a much bigger budget on this one. Uh, all the Dark Elves stuff is, I mean, it's all very Lord of the Rings again, but um, they're they are boring bad guys. The, the main bad guy is boring. It's just another sort of destroy the universe plot, which is sad that they went that route when Iron Man 3 went the other way and had such a small and closed story. I mean, this... It's just basically the Avengers again. It's just it's aliens threatening to destroy the world um, and the universe. Except this time the Avengers don't get involved, which is just feels wrong in this movie, and they don't make any mention of it. I mean, they mention that, that later in Ant Man they do specifically mention, you know, why aren't we getting the Avengers? You've, you've got to have a reason to these like in the the movie any movies after the avengers as to why the avengers aren't involved like in iron man 3 it was pretty small scale and it was quite a personal affair so it's understandable but this is like you know thor really could have used some some backup there rather than just four scientists in 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 london my oh it's all and it's it is all set in in london i saw my office building in one shot which was uh exciting I don't know, this wasn't particularly exciting, I guess. But um, Hey, another pass on the Bechdel test um, for the same reasons that the first one passed because Darcy and Jane had a conversation with each other. Chris O'Dowd is in this, um, which is fun. Doesn't really do much, but he's always fun to watch. Uh, There's a lot of spaceships in this one. So this is the first sort of, this is a bit more science fiction-y than the last one, which I liked. I like spaceships. The version I was watching of this had no subtitles on the Dark Elves. Uh, I don't know why I couldn't figure out how to get them on. So I had no idea what they were saying for the whole thing. And they did speak quite a lot. So, um, But you know what? It didn't matter. I must admit, I did fall. I fell asleep for a little bit. I dozed off a couple of times for maybe five to ten minutes at a time. But I regret nothing... All the dogfight stuff was boring with the spaceships, sadly. I said I liked the spaceships, but it wasn't really done pretty well. I liked the design stuff in this movie. I liked how the Dark Elves looked with their masks. 
that was fun. It was quite sad when his mother died. The the whole funeral scene was very very beautiful. That's very beautifully done. No dialogue, um, and really nice score. And I don't know who did the score. I don't have it to hand. I do like the um, I do like the end scene with all the converging worlds. Uh, that's very that's very very clever, and they make they make good use of that. Um, but they never, you know, aliens attack the world again. They never mention this this again. It's all about New York, New York, New York. It's like what about London? It's interesting looking at all the worlds as well converging on top of each other because they they had that Star Wars thing of you know every you know there are all these different planets, but they seem to only have one topological feature on the whole planet it's a lava world it's a nice world forest planet you know why can't you know planets just have loads of all those things like our planet does so that's toward the dark world i really need to go to bed and i'm really looking forward to it get a little bit more sleep than i got last night so looking ahead to tomorrow um oh first of all i have to slot in where this goes I put this pretty low down the list to be honest Um, I've put this just in between Captain America the first Avenger and Iron Man 2 so the list now reads from in descending order Iron Man 3 the Avengers Thor Iron Man Captain America the first Avenger Thor the Dark World Iron Man 2 and the Incredible Hulk and there were no montages in this movie no Marvel movie montages sadly so tomorrow's looking a lot better. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's movies for the most part. Because we've got Captain America, the Winter Soldier in the morning. Then Guardians of the Galaxy in the afternoon. Then the Avengers Age of Ultron. Then Ant-Man. And then Captain America Civil War. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Right. Bedtime. See you in six hours. <sighs> oh, Crims Hem- Hemsworth was was as good as ever in this one. Good on you, Crims. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.